Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to Diverse Conversations. This is Ashka Patel. Thank you very much for joining me once again for a continuation of our Canadian Pharmacy Innovator Series. Today, it is a pleasure to introduce you to our guest of the episode, which is none other than Stacey D'Angelo. Stacey and I go a while back. Uh, we did our pharmacy school together, and it has always been incredible to see her take on these unique roles as a community pharmacist and take up these practices, uh, which you know I really credit to her um, in terms of innovating uh, within our profession when it comes to new bringing new models, bringing new practices into community pharmacy. Stacy is a pharmacist and founder of Your Simple Health, where she helps people optimize, streamline, and reduce medication use. Her current work specializes in deprescribing, which she has been doing in various practice settings like long-term care and specialty compounding pharmacy since she became a pharmacist over a decade ago. She brings together her knowledge of medication, entrepreneurial spirit, and a passion for holistic care to this innovative practice. At Your Simple Health, Stacy helps people who are feeling overwhelmed or stuck on their medications and optimizes them, streamlines them, and helps reduce medication use. Um, her specialty is indeed prescribing, especially and safely and effectively tapering people off medications that can cause withdrawal or rebound symptoms while working alongside their doctors and care team. To learn more about Stacy's work, please be sure to check out her website, which is www.simplehealthpharmacist.com. And also stay tuned as she will be joining us very soon to tell us about her journey in terms of how she got into this practice. But before we jump into the interview, please take a moment to like and subscribe below um, to make sure that we get your support um, in growing this channel and making sure that we're able to bring this content to you, um, you know, for the next very long time to come. Thank you for your support and stay tuned. Welcome back. And now we have Stacy joining us. Stacy, thank you so much for making the time to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Aska. It's honestly an honor to be here. You're very kind. You know, as I was preparing for this conversation, I couldn't help but recall how long of a journey we share, um, mm -hmm. you know, from being in pharmacy school together at University of Waterloo. And it has been a pleasure seeing you grow and taking on all these innovative practices over the past decade. I mean, can't believe we have been out of school yeah. for 10 years. <laughs> um, but at the same really? time, you know, your work has always been very inspirational. Um, and I was so excited when you said, yes, I'll be on the podcast. I was like, oh, this is this is amazing, because I know you're onto something very fun um, and innovative at this present time as we speak. And I would love to hear it from you. If you could tell us, let's start off with your journey. You know, what has been your journey like uh, from sure. pharmacy school to today, where you started your simple health? Yeah, well, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's amazing to think back to, you know, us going to school together back, um, you know, starting in 2009, which is, you know, almost 15 years ago at this point. So it's been a while and, um, you know, your career really does fly by and it's been a pleasure to see you grow and, and really help the profession as well. So yes, definitely an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, in terms of my professional journey, I've definitely taken a bit of a windy road as I think a lot of pharmacists have. Um, I actually started off my practice in long-term care as a clinical consultant. And um, when I kind of reflect back on that today, it really um, speaks to like, I was doing deep prescribing work even at that time, fresh out of school. I think a lot of long-term care pharmacists out there can really resonate that like 90% of your um, recommendations are to get rid of a drug or reduce the dose in the elderly population. So um, that kind of sparked my career and really a clinical focus. Um, but I really did miss the community um, 
in respect to interaction with patients. I miss that a lot in long-term care. Mm. Um, you know, you're really working with the healthcare team, but not as much one-on-one with the patient. So I decided uh, after a couple of years to leave long-term care and um, I knew I wanted to get into community and I knew I had a bit of a entrepreneurial or business flair. I wanted to own my own pharmacy one day. So I actually decided to do relief. Um, so I strictly did relief for a couple of years at community pharmacies around uh, mostly Southwestern Ontario. Um, but honestly, that was a great learning experience because I was able to see many different pharmacies and how they practice and the good and the bad and, and really take hopefully the good with me into my own practice kind of moving forward. So um, that was kind of my next step. Um, and eventually I kind of fulfilled that dream of owning my own pharmacy. I owned a specialty compounding pharmacy downtown Toronto, and we had a little bit of an innovative focus on integrative and holistic health. Um, we also owned a clinic which um, provided uh, multiple services, again, around that holistic kind of framework, naturopathic medicine, um, nutritionists. We had a nurse practitioner doing some cosmetic stuff. Um, wow and really uh, collaborative with the pharmacy. And uh, so that was really fun and um, uh, a really influential kind of path, um, a piece to my path. Um, and yeah, now here today, I just recently started Your Simple Health, um, where I help people to optimize, streamline and reduce medication use. And I work directly with patients in that setting. That's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that because, and you know, every time I think about your career journey, I often um, always recall your feature on pharmacy practice and business <laughs> magazine as well. Let's not forget that was a beautiful and wonderful feature because I think that's where it really, like I got to learn about your practice and like, you know, the mm -hmm. way, the way you think innovatively, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad, glad to see that you're now taking it a notch further and you're working directly with patients mm -hmm. through your simple health and, you know, I know you kind of alluded to this um, as we were uh, as you were sharing your journey as a pharmacist and an entrepreneur now with your own startup uh, in a very innovative space where you're working directly with patients. Like, How do you how what made you land on this idea and like, you know, kind of think of going in this direction? Because I know it's not easy um, trying mm -hmm. to build this practice out of scratch. Uh, you know, I would yeah. love to kind of hear what motivated you to get into the space and and have the courage to follow it. Yeah, thank you so much. And definitely you nailed it. It is not easy. And my business is very much in its infancy at this time. So there's definitely some challenges. I think we can touch on that a little bit later. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of where the idea came from, um, you know, I kind of briefly mentioned deprescribing in relation to long term care. But um, I also think this will probably resonate with a lot of the compounders out there that while doing compounding pharmacy, um, I really started doing a lot more work with deprescribing in mm -hmm. that what we see is that um, patients who are having difficulty coming off of a medication, typically that causes withdrawal. Um, guidelines and recommendations on tapering down the dose, but that's not a one size fits all. And when people come dif uh, upon difficulty getting off the drug, often they'll come to compounding to have um, more slower taper down off the medication, you know, whether that's using a liquid or compounding smaller doses of the medications that are commercially available in a pill or a tablet. So um, because of that, you know, these prescriptions were just coming to me. And, um, you know, my values and the way I practice, you know, I was trying to, um, you know, work with patients to also address, you know, 
what else in their life aside from the medication um, can set them up for success. So I think a good example that everyone can kind of resonate with is sleeping pills, right? You know, you kind of start taking a sleeping pill, whether it's a benzodiazepine or some of the other sedatives like Thopaclone, other medications like that. Um, And maybe it's because you have a stressor in your life and you just can't sleep and you need the sleep to function during the day. So totally get it. Um, But what happens if you're taking it regularly for a while is your body gets used to it and you actually can get either rebound symptoms or withdrawal once you're trying to come off the medication or stop it. Mm Um, so yeah, so we're working with patients on tapering down the dose, um, also trying to, as much as I can provide some, um, lifestyle strategies and set them up for success on the outside of that. Um, but a couple of barriers that I found in community pharmacy, trying to, to have this kind of, um, consultations with patients is like the physical setting, um, you know, having patients have to come to the pharmacy and, that, you know, you have like 15 minutes, maybe, maybe five minutes, maybe less um, while they're picking up a refill or on the phone. And it's just the pressures of the actual work environment were really not conducive to be able to have more in-depth conversations. Um, And one thing that I found tied to patient success was like being able to, number one, meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So be able to, you know, if they need the help, not just like it's time for a refill, they need, they have a question or have need some guidance and know that you're there. The other factor (laughs) is um, just providing that medical guidance. So um, with, you know, we see a prescription for uh, deep prescribing and, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of community pharmacists see this all the time. Um, And it's like a specific schedule, but with each dose reduction, it's, uh, they may experience more symptoms or less symptoms and it's what do they do in that moment okay now I'm experiencing withdrawal symptoms what do I do now do I go faster do I go slower mm. um is there maybe an OTC you can take in the meantime is there something else you can do so I think it's just being able to provide those strategies uh when they need them absolutely absolutely and I think what you're doing is is you're really making it more patient-centered right like where mm-hmm. you are setting or helping the patients set the intention because I think and we know that that's so critical right in terms of achieving the success we want to see um, with the plans we can create a most beautiful plan we can ever think of in terms of a medication taper down but if the patient is not working with you that's the plan's just never going to be followed. So I think you're you're really making this a patient-centered practice. And you rightly nailed it as you were as you were telling us about this, you know, where time is of essence and community pharmacy we know has never been this busy as it has been today in the present time as we when we have this conversation like we're doing so much more in terms of our professional scope of practice expanding this um that really restricts our time so to have practitioners like yourself who are now kind of you know providing that added layer of you know be it the collaboration that they need be it the guidance that they need or the recommendations i think it's it's such a great service so i guess you know since you've started this practice what are some highlights and achievements i'm sure you have plenty to talk about in terms of um you know mm-hmm. how you have impacted patient care in such a positive way but if you have some examples that you wish to share with us yeah for sure um so a couple of things come to mind first of all i just want to say you hit the nail on the head and i think patient centered just like totally captures it um and when you think about any service or product even that you're selling in a business context it's it should be designed around yes. what your patient, client, consumer needs, right? So mm-hmm. it's rethinking kind of that structure. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, 
in thinking about kind of success stories and maybe situations that have really resonated with me. Um, one of the first um, actually was a patient. She was actually, she, so her story was pretty interesting. She, uh, in her late thirties had a hysterectomy. And so as a result of that, she was put into early menopause right. and shortly thereafter, she started getting insomnia. Mm. Um, as a result of that, her doctor prescribed a sleeping pill, you know, this kind of goes back to the example that I just shared. Um, she was actually on a prescription sedatives off the clone actually for over almost 30 years when she had come to me and she had tried everything to get off the medication. Mm-hmm. She was also working with her doctor, um, and, you know, had tried many things and just still couldn't talk, stop. So um, you know, it took a while over the course of six months, actually working with this wow. patient, we tapered off her off very slowly. Um, and again, just kind of worked on those other lifestyle things to set her up for success, uh, without the medications. Um, and one thing that really struck me as we talked about, you know, just not having time, one of the first sessions that we had worked together where we were addressing other lifestyle strategies, mm. you know, when you think about sleep you know, one of the first things I talked to her about sleep hygiene. Yes. Right. Yes. She was actually like the look on her face. She had actually never been, um, a healthcare professional had never brought this forward to her in her 30 years on a sleeping medication. She was surprised by some of these tips. And to be honest, at first, I wasn't even going to bother with the, you know, the tips and going through this. Cause I'm like, you know, this is old news. She's been on this for so long, but she hadn't heard some of those tips before. And so that was really a trigger for me to like start at step one. This is really needed. It's really valuable and it's important to do alongside. It's not just a taper, like we need to do mm. both hand in hand. Um, so yeah, so that was a really meaningful story to me. And it was just um, such a happy success story when she was able to kind of get off the medication. That's amazing. And it's no small feat. Let me let me reassure you that because, uh, you know, to let's just start off with like, you know, getting patients off sleeping aids, we know how difficult of a challenge that is, because, um, you know, to practice uh, lifestyle modification takes a bit of time, right? As and as you get older, it's a lot more difficult to adopt new habits and keep them consistently at it. Um, So and, you know, you kind of sharing that, like the patient never heard about sleep hygiene before, even though I was kind of surprised, but at the same time, I was not so surprised because it's like, who really has a time to sit down with a patient in a pharmacy or in a clinic or somewhere to actually talk about this? Physicians are so busy. Community mm-hmm. pharmacists are also very busy. So like, you know, the expectation to, for them to do a thorough counseling is mm-hmm. a little bit of a challenge because they don't have the time to even, like, you know, take out time for their patient if, if they want to do it. So this is great. Um, and this, and I'm sure like, you know, as you continue and build on your practice, you'll have many more of such stories. And we look forward to hearing about those successes, because mm-hmm. I think that will really give us an opportunity as pharmacists to also, you know, kind of figure out where exactly do we make our biggest impact? Is it with the dispensary mm-hmm. or was it with our clinical practice? And I think um, when you are uh, in a practice setting that you are in, I think that helps us build on that data. And, you know, Hopefully, we'll learn uh, some insights from that in the in the future, in the near future. Um, as with any um, highlights or achievements, there's always challenges, especially with a startup that you're starting on such a you know such a niche area with really no precedent whatsoever. What were some challenges or barriers that you faced as you were starting up this practice, or as you know you grow it right now? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest barriers that I'm continuing to um, 
face, but also first and foremost with myself was Mm -hmm. just the perception of what a pharmacist does Mm. and who we are as a, as a profession and what we can do. And so I think I'm continuing to, um, you know, create awareness around the services that I offer, Mm -hmm. but it started internally. And, you know, I think a lot of us as pharmacists really see the profession as like community or hospital. Um, And in this time, I think, especially at this time, there is really opportunity to do more and really think outside the box in terms of the way we deliver pharmacy services and, and the way we are a pharmacist and what that means to us. So I think, yeah, first and foremost, a uh, barrier for me was really my professional identity and like really, um, I guess, solidifying that and being open to that and thinking about what it is I want to do and how I want to practice and then taking that into a business idea and kind of rolling that forward. So I actually did work with a small group business coaching program. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful for me for that piece, because it really did help me with that identity piece. And then taking that to a business idea that was, you know, doable. I agree. I agree. And I can, I think I can relate to that to a certain extent. Um, you know, when you're trying to venture into new areas or new spaces, which have not yet been explored, or, you know, they're not explored to the capacity where they can become uh, st- um, streamlined or mainstream, um, you know, it, it's really that imposter syndrome really kicks into uh, because you're like, huh, I wonder if I'm actually cut out to even provide these um, services or would I, would, am I the best person to provide these services? And then it's like, is this something that should, should it be doing or should I not be doing? And I think the regulatory framework sometimes really creates this box thinking for us. And, you know, I think the coaching really helps to kind of step out of that box and, and try to think outside of the box as well. Thank you for sharing that. And since we are at it, um, I think, um, you know, as we, um, I would love to kind of just, if you can just for our viewers and our listeners, if we have any patients joining us on this conversation, would love to kind of hear just some services that you provide um, so that if they wish to get in touch with you, um, you know, just if you can kind of give a quick recap of that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So right now I kind of have uh, two service offerings. Uh, the first is de-prescribing coaching. So, you know, the de-prescribing that I've been talking about, um, that's when a medication has been identified that patient is you know ready and willing. And sometimes it's referral, sometimes it's not. But um, I work with them on a longer term basis, typically three plus months to mm-hmm. slowly taper the medication and work through you know those guidance throughout the tapering um, process. The other one is um, what I call a targeted medication review, but really it's more of an in-depth medication management service. And it involves a couple of consultations, which are an hour in length and a really uh, in-depth patient plan and occasionally advocacy with their care providers, whether it's doctors, specialists, um, to kind of execute that plan that we came up with together. So those are the two main services. Um, And yeah, I'm also working on launching a new service, which is a group program. I'm really excited about that. It's launching next month. yeah, so it's on deprescribing, but domperidone used for lactation support. 
Yeah, so you may have heard about domperidone in the news lately. Yes. It's Health Canada is conducting a safety review about withdrawal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to, to taper off the medication. So right now, I'm actually just launching this program to not just kind of help women with the prescribing of domperidone, but come together in a group setting to share experiences. I think this is a really good um, kind of group to share experiences in this mm -hmm. setting and to gain from, you know, each other and bring in some guest speakers. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's incredible. Wow. Congratulations. And I, you know, I look forward to, I guess, following you on your social media to get updates about these uh, experiences as you start delivering these courses and these group programs. Uh, you, you're you're doing great in terms of even generating content uh, on social media. I've been following and, you know, I would urge everyone who's listening to also follow Stacey. Mm -hmm. We'll be linking all her social media handles in the description box below. So please feel free to follow her. Uh, yes. And I would say follow her. Don't just think about it. Just follow her right now. Because <laughs> um, she talks about some really good insights. And I think even as a healthcare provider, I really benefit from those reminders from time to time. So, you know, it, it's always helpful to, and we are supporting our community. So why not? There's nothing better than doing that. <laughs> but Thank Stacey, you so much. Incredible. I appreciate the show. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, trust me, like this is, uh, again, you amaze me with your out-of-box thinking. And, and this is exactly why I was so excited to have you on this podcast today. Um, you know, I think... Um, as we are kind of switching gears on this conversation in terms of, you know, I like you have had this entrepreneurial spirit where I know you have that innovative mindset where you come up with all these ideas, but I know it's never easy to do this all by yourself, you know, and so how do you envision, um, you know, as, as a, as a profession, like, you know, what kind of resources or what kind of supports would you have liked to kind of build this business up? Um, I know one for sure, like, this is the way I perceive our profession is, you know, we may not have the most, um, a lot of resources, which would support innovative thinking and like trying mm -hmm. to take chances and make mistakes. Um, but having somebody who has already like, you know, trialed and dabbled in so many different innovative practices, I would love to hear your take on this and, you know, kind of where we can do better as a profession to support each other. Yeah, definitely. I hope that going forward in the near future, as I do think we'll continue to see more innovative um, pharmacy practice <laughs> settings and environments and um, people really thinking about patient care in a different way. I hope that our regulators and our associations really think about pharmacy practice without the bounds of the setting because I know a lot speaks to community pharmacy and hospital pharmacy and there's a few in between long-term care but really I think taking the lens off of like where you practice and just thinking about what the service is when we create things like regulations and and um stuff to enable a pharmacist scope of practice can really be beneficial in the long term to help enable um, these innovative practice settings. So I hope that we continue to see more of that. I know in every jurisdiction across Canada is a little bit different when it comes to this. Some provinces are even more restrictive than we have mm -hmm. here. Um, so yeah, I look forward to seeing more of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I agree with what you what you mentioned. Um, I think it definitely needs to be more of the healthcare provider focus rather than 
the the business focus. And I think there were there are two very different um, mindsets when you're looking at it and two very different goals that we need to achieve with both of them. So um, definitely a point to be taken. And with that said, you had also kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation around, you know, pharmacists um, taking on these new practices and innovating in terms of how we deliver this care to our patients. You know, what kind of, um, how do you envision pharmacists taking up all this expanded scope of practices that that's coming our way? Um, and, you know, how, how do we create this new practice and um, this new pharmacy community, community pharmacy identity, I would like to call it as mm-hmm. that, because I feel like we're in kind of a revolutionary phase of really really, um, you know, changing the way we, we are perceived by everyone, including ourselves. Totally. I a hundred percent agree. Aska. I feel like right now is a really, um, a precipice for the profession and for, for a lot of industries and a lot of professions as well, but there are so many factors at play right now that are pushing pressure. And, um, you know, I, I feel, unfortunately, I feel the, commoditization of drugs and further pressure on that dispensing, um, I guess from a business standpoint, profitability of dispensing um, is gonna continue. It's only gonna continue to get worse. And you know, you and I graduated back in 2012 and we were amidst the white coat yeah. um, pickets in front of Queens, Queens Park and all of that. And Unfortunately, when I reflect on the last 10 years, nothing has changed. It's continued to put pressure and I don't see that going away. Mm. Um, And amidst of that, we've also seen a lot of burnout. I think um, post pandemic, um, a lot of pharmacists are really, you know, feeling the pressure of not only that um, push on the business, but also everything that pharmacists have shouldered over the past couple of years. And um, on the flip side to that, I definitely feel the public are starting to really value pharmacists. Mm. And, you know, they've been front and center and the only healthcare provider who's been there since day one throughout the pandemic and only continued to increase value and scope in the services that they provide over the past couple of years. So I think those things combined along with some like economic and other global factors like technology and just changes in consumerism and all of these different things changes the way people access healthcare. Right. Um, it's really like an interesting time for to spur innovation and innovative services and, and businesses. So yeah, I'm excited for pharmacy in the next few years to see what comes of that. That's amazing. And I think that kind of leads me right to my next question for you, which is, you know, how do you describe the future of pharmacy in the next five years? Um, I guess, you know, we can talk about pharmacy and then pharmacists as well in the next five years. Like, you know, where where do you see us going? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I kind of just alluded to it with that. Um, I definitely see pharmacy both from a business business standpoint and a professional standpoint, really just like taking the reins by the horns when it comes mm-hmm. to innovation. I don't think we have a choice at this point because of all of the pressures that we're experiencing economically, personally, from an HR perspective. Like I think, you know, as much as we can utilize um, technology and, you know, pharmacy technicians and workflow changes and everything to enable better practices. And I think mm-hmm. it's gonna really influence change in many factors over the next five years so and I think for the better I think you know five to ten years we're it's we're gonna be in a better place than we are now absolutely Um, 
<laughs> <laughs> I am certain. And, and you know what, I think that's what, uh, that's what really excites me about these conversations I have with all my guests is, is, you know, the future of pharmacy, like with everyone that has come on this podcast, like we, it has been painted so bright. And I think it's, it's also, you know, the willingness to work towards that, right. Um, by taking those chances like you did, um, or you are doing currently as we speak, uh, because I'm sure it was not easy for you to, you know, just start um, offering these services and, and charging patients directly. Like I'm sure there was a hurdle mm-hmm. to that as well. Um, but you know, you have taken that chance and you have, you have kind of, you're forging the path for the rest of us. So I thank you so much, um, you know, for, for bringing this innovative mindset to our profession and for, you know, for taking the time today to have this conversation with me. I really enjoyed learning so much from you, like I always do. Um, and thank you again for coming on this podcast and, and really sharing your journey. It was It was a pleasure to have you here, Stacey. Well, thank you so much, Aska. Thank you for having me again. I really, it's an honor. And um, also thank you for all the work you're doing and showcasing all of these um, amazing innovators within pharmacy and even healthcare globally. So it's it's been a pleasure to watch and I uh, look forward to more. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to wrap up this conversation for today. Make sure if you haven't already, follow Stacy on all her social media. They're linked below in the description box. And if you need to ever ask any questions to her, you can feel free to reach out to her and also check out her website for yoursimplehealth.com, where she will have all the information in terms of how to get in touch with her. With that, we'll be signing off today, but stay tuned for next week for another episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.